Hey, I just want to do this real quick. Um, before I dive into this, and even before I pray, I just, every time I come back here, um, it reminds me of the faithfulness of God. Because there are so many new people in here that don't really understand um, where this started. And I shared this in the beginning, but almost 20 years ago, it started in a Holiday Inn, which is not, it's not, it's, that hotel has been downgraded so many times, it's not a Holiday Inn anymore. But literally, in a room with about 30 people, with a bar on the opposite side of the hallway, drunk people stumbling in, the fire alarm going off, this is like all true stories. Our kids were in hotel rooms with beds, so just picture that, okay? Um, <laughs> weird, okay? It, everything that happened Um, And the way that we started this church, I mean, it just should not be successful, but the faithfulness of God has been so good to us. And uh, to see you guys now um, literally being a mothership for all of our campuses and sending out Eunice and then faithfully sending us out and uh, almost over 2,000 people on Easter weekend and all across all of our campuses, I mean, God is so faithful. Can we just give a hand to all that God has done in the past few years? Let's pray. Father God, we're so thankful that we have the opportunity to connect and meet with you today, God. I I don't know how every person came into this building, what they're facing. Maybe if they're discouraged with something, maybe they got dragged here by a friend and they're saying, okay, I'll give it one shot. God, I pray regardless of how they came in here, God, that you would connect with them, that you would begin to break down the walls and the boundaries that we have encumbered our heart with, God. We thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to bring to you a message today that I'm calling under doesn't mean over. Under doesn't mean over. How many of you guys have ever been under pressure? How many of you guys have ever been stressed, depressed? Anybody? Like how many of you have ever been through something that's just difficult where you've walked through this season and it feels like God is distant and far? It feels like God is not there. It feels like God just said, hey, I'm going to drop you off. You're just going to trust me, and then I'm going to leave you here, and I'm going to run off and leave, and I'm going to do my own thing, and you do your own thing. And you feel like, where is the faithfulness of God? Maybe you've bought into this trap that you see God's faithfulness enacted in other people's life, and you see God being faithful in other people, and you believe in the faithfulness of God for other people, but just not yourself. Because you've gotten to this place where you see God moving, you see God working, but we have failed to realize that God is a personal God and he wants to connect with us. The truth is we live in a culture today, specifically within America, where Americans are more depressed than ever before. They're more stressed than ever before. They're more anxious than ever before. The leading cause of people quitting and leaving work today of breakups and relationships is depression. People are more depressed than they've ever been. In in World War II, people got depression for a good reason, right? We we were in a war. (laughs) We had a lot of things to be stressed about, a lack of resources. We are 50% more depressed and stressed out than we were in World War II. It has literally become an epidemic. It's on the rise, anxiety, depression, stress. And if I had to take a bet, if I had to take a guess, I would think that a lot of us in here feel under, right? We feel under stress. We feel under pressure. Maybe you're looking at a financial situation. You're going, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Maybe you're looking at a relational situation going, my marriage just feels like it's over. It doesn't feel like it's going anywhere. I don't know how God can save this. 
But no matter what you're under today, I want to kind of flip the script a little bit and change your, hopefully help you change your perspective in some things. What if God was not wanting to save you from the situation, but he was trying to sustain you through the situation? See, a lot of times we cry out, God, get me out of this. And God says, I need to keep you there because I'm trying to build something in you. And I want to give you the strength and the joy and the peace to be able to sustain you through it. How many of you know we live in a culture today, it's called the numbing culture. We don't want to feel pain, right? It's like, doc, I'm in pain all over. Give me a pill, right? Or, or maybe you come home from a stressful day and instead of having this head-on collision with your heart because you don't really want to think about it because your life is stressful, you turn on Netflix. <laughs> You're like, I'm just going to watch one show. And how many you know Netflix has this little countdown on the bottom? Five, four. And you're like, I'm going to turn it off. I'm going to turn it And zero, why not? <laughs> one more, yeah. right? And we keep watching and we keep watching. How many of you guys have found yourself in the endless Facebook scroll? You don't even know why you're scrolling, but you just keep doing it, right? You're like, I don't really care about any of this stuff that I'm reading. But why do we keep doing it? We keep doing it because we live in a culture that is, refuses to feel our pain. <laughs> that refuses to feel what's really going on inside of us. And I think we refuse to feel it because the moment that we do, we have a head-on collision of our reality and where we're really at in life. And all of a sudden, we begin to realize that I've, I've got to do something with this. Now, show of hands in here. How many want to grow in your relationship with the Lord? Say, I want to grow. I want to be better than I was yesterday. We say this saying all the time. I may not be who I used to be, but I'm not what I used to be, right? I'm growing. I'm moving forward. Here's what you got to understand. Growth and comfort don't mix. <laughs> if you want to grow... Here's what God is telling you today. You can't remain comfortable. And the number one lie that the enemy teaches all of us is to stay comfortable. Because the moment that you get uncomfortable is the moment you have to change. <laughs> the moment start, things start unraveling in your life, the moment that you start taking a hard look at where you're really at, the state of your life, the state of your heart, the state of your mind, your spirituality, you begin to realize I can't stay here if I really want to grow. So could our prayers shift in the fact of God, instead of yanking me out of this situation, God, would you sustain me through this? Could it be in the midst of your pain and in your depression and in your anxiety that God wants to meet you at a deeper level that he's never done before? Like the same God that meets you in peace is also the same God that meets you in the midst of the waves in the midst of life falling apart, in the midst of life not making sense, in the midst of you feeling like God is distant from you. So I want to make three points today. I'm going to use Psalms chapter 1, and I'm going to start in verse 3. But before I get to that, I want to make one point, and I think you need to hear this. Number one, under doesn't mean over. Just because you're under something, it doesn't mean God's done. <laughs> Just because you're under stress, you're under depression, you're under anxiety, you're under fear, it doesn't mean that it's over. Now, oftentimes, if we're honest, it feels like it, doesn't it? <laughs> like, it feels like that relationship is over. It feels like that season of your life is over. But the question that I've had to ask myself as of lately is this. What if your breakthrough was on the other side of your fear? 
What if God actually enacting the things that are really inside of you is him actually sustaining you through that season and through that situation and you having to face things that don't feel comfortable and you walking into seasons that seem uncertain and going, I'm not sure that God is with me. What if your breakthrough was on the other side of all of that? What if God actually wants to sustain you through the hardship? What if the hardship is actually trying to teach you something? But the problem is most of us don't learn it because we live in this culture, as I said earlier, instead of facing the pain, we want to numb the pain. So we've gotten to this place where we don't even know what we feel anymore. I actually believe this is why depression is so prevalent in our society today. When you ask most people, well, why are you depressed? They'll give you a litany of different answers, but the truth is they really don't know. And they don't know because they've carved out a lifestyle of feeling anything in their life. So they numb everything. And all of a sudden they don't realize there's all these things that you're building up on the inside. But hopefully I pray this today that I came today to help resurrect your faith. That what you see is dead. That what you see is under. We serve a God who resurrects dead things. You might look at the marriage and say, Zach, you don't understand. You don't understand my husband. You don't understand my wife. You don't understand what we're facing, what we're going through. It is dead. Listen, our entire faith would mean nothing without the resurrection. Nothing. The same power that resurrected God from the grave lives in us. So when God sees your marriage, when he sees your financial situation, when he sees your relationships, he doesn't see it as over. He says it might be under, but it's not over. And and I want to use a a scripture in Psalms 1, and we'll start with verse 3. Now, this is a passage that you've probably heard your entire life growing up, and hopefully we can break it down in a sense where it'll start kind of ringing to you. So it says this, They are like trees planted. If you have a Bible, underline that word. Most of you are probably reading on your phone. Highlight it. Use your finger. (laughs) They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. God is trying to paint a picture for what our relationship with him ought to look like that we are like a tree planted by the riverbank. Now, before I go into any more detail, how many of you guys have ever heard of the redwood forest? It has the, the tallest trees in the world, the sequoia trees. Now, these are some fascinating trees because these trees, most of, they're, the, they're the biggest living organism on the planet. And out of everything, some of them are three feet thick. We have actually cut holes in some of these trees, and you can drive cars through them. They actually have a tree that's so old, they've named it General Sherman. It's over 2,100 years old. That's an old tree. Now, now, the interesting thing about sequoia trees is they're the tallest trees on the planet, but they don't have deep roots. They don't have deep roots. They do have roots that go extremely wide. And the reason that they don't fall, this is just a side note, the reason they don't fall because when the wind comes, when the rain comes, when the storms come, for one tree to fall, at least five or six of them would have to fall with it. Because their roots are planted along with the other trees. They are interweaved. They are connected. 
So the reason they don't fall is because they are merged with the other trees. So what God is trying to explain in this scripture, if you could throw that back up for me, what he is trying to explain is they are like trees planted along the riverbank. This should be what your relationship with the Lord looks like. That I am so planted that no matter what happens in my life, there may be times of uncertainty. There may be times of obscurity. There may be rough things that I go with, but because I'm planted, I'm not going anywhere. I cannot be shaken. See, I want you to get this image of this tree that is planted by this living water. Now imagine for a moment, a tree that is planted by streams of living water. What is God trying to give us a picture of? He's trying to give us a picture of that tree is so planted in me that it doesn't have to fret in the next season when it's going to get nutrients and water. That its roots are always connected to the source. So when winter comes, the tree's not going, How am I, is it gonna rain? <laughs> is it going to rain? You ever feel like that? Like, God, is the check gonna go through? You, you swipe your card at Walmart, like, please God, please God, please God. <laughs> What would it look like if we were so planted in the house of the Lord and with other people that no matter what season we encountered, we knew that God was going to be faithful? A tree that is so close to the riverbank, it actually does not have to rely on the rain. (laughs) A tree so confident with its source that freedom is the only thing that it knows. Think about it this way. When you are close to God, you don't have to depend on other people's approval of you. When you are so close to God, you are not insecure about who you are and what you will become. You already know. When you are so close to God, you don't worry about tomorrow. Are you getting the picture that the psalmist is trying to paint paint for us of this tree? A tree that is so planted and connected to the source. Let's keep reading that verse. It says, they are like trees planted along the riverbank. Now, I want you to notice something here. Bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. Now, this is interesting when it comes to the anatomy of trees. Naturally, the, the natural cycle of a tree does not bear fruit in each season. So why would the, like, did he get it wrong? Did he not understand basic biology? No, no, no. What he's trying to say is this, that when you are planted in the house of the Lord, you don't go through seasons of bearing fruit. You just bear fruit. So so here's what I want you to understand. I did some research on this. This is the significance of it. Now, when the season of fall comes through, the reason that a tree loses its leaves is because what the tree does is it sucks all the nutrients to the core. So that it deprives the leaves of any nutrients, so the leaves fall off. Now, why does it suck all the nutrients to the core? Because it knows the seasons that it's going to encounter. It's protecting itself. I've got to drive everything to the core to protect myself. This may sound familiar within your life. How many have ever been backstabbed or hurt? So you go into a relationship And you're drawing things to the core and you're not open because somebody else hurt you. And now you start treating every other relationship based on the past relationship that you had. And you reserve and you hold back and you don't share all of who you are. Why? Because of the past. 
So what do you do? You start reserving things. You start drawing things in. But here's what this scripture is saying. They're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season, meaning this. You don't have to reserve anything. You don't have to hold anything back. God gives it all to you. Every piece that you can bear fruit in each season. So meaning this, you lose your job, you can still bear fruit. A loved one dies, you can still bear fruit. A marriage doesn't go the way that you intended it to go, you can still bear fruit. You walk through the hardships of life, you can still bear fruit. I find too often today, too many of us bear fruit based on how we feel. (laughs) I don't feel, listen, I, I shared this last week with our campus how many ever wake up in the morning and you just, let's just be honest, married couples, you're like, I don't feel like being married today. <laughs> Actually, what I feel like is taking this pillow. And <laughs> 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 right? you, moms, dads, you ever wake up? I really don't feel like parenting my kids today. <laughs> you know what? Just eat whatever you want. <laughs> Watch whatever you want. How many wake up? I don't feel like going to work today. Your boss is in here. Don't raise your hand. (laughs) The tragedy is too many of us based our connection and us moving forward with the Lord based on how we feel. And sometimes the reason that we don't get what we need from the Lord is because we're basing it on how we woke up in the morning and how we feel. problem is so many of us are satisfied with that one time that God came through for us. So you have that one, listen, I I remember a few years ago, I got to a place in my life where I was sick and tired of hearing everybody else's story of God coming through for them and I wanted my own. (laughs) This should be this holy discontent that we have of I am not okay with hearing about other people's stories, but God, you are creating your own story in me. Like God's not the one God of just a one-time miracle. He's the God of endless miracles who endlessly comes through for us. But God wants your life to look like a tree that is planted by him. It produces fruit no matter what happens to you. Let's keep reading Psalms 1 through 3. They're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. See, if you're connected to the source, it doesn't matter what season of life you go through. It doesn't matter what you walk through. It also goes on to say that you can prosper in all that you do. This is a crazy thought, isn't it? That God actually wants you to prosper in all that you do. So maybe you have this dream to start a business, but you're terrified. Maybe you have a dream to be a mother and it's just not happening. Maybe you have a dream to one day get married and create a family. But I want you to remember this. When you feel like God is not coming through, that you are planted by the riverbank. You're planted by a source that never runs dry. Because God wants to give you everything that you could ever imagine, think, or dream. The problem is, Most of us don't stay planted long enough to grow roots. It's why we never see the fruit. 
Listen, you can't grow a tree in a potted plant. (laughs) It has to be induced to the elements. It has to dig down some roots. Meaning this, how do you build roots? You have to stay somewhere long enough. So what if that job that you want to leave was actually the soil that God was trying to make you in? What if that marriage that you're so frustrated with is actually the soil that God is trying to do something inside of you? What if the frustration that you see in your relationship is just a reflection of something that's actually going on in your heart and God's trying to pull it out? (laughs) So the second point I want to make is this. Trees are not planted, seeds are. Trees are not planted, seeds are. God never planted a tree. He planted a seed. He always plants a seed. But as humans, we always discount things that are small, right? Like, God, I don't want to be a seed. I just want to be a tree bearing some fruit, (laughs) right? But remember, we don't see what God sees. We see a fraction of what he sees. And the question is, will you stay planted enough, long enough for God to work? Would you throw this picture up for me? I brought an example for you. This is the process of what it takes for a seed to turn into this. Now, I want you to understand something and just leave this picture up for a while. I want you to understand something. If you have a dream, if God's doing something in your heart, you're walking through a difficult season, God always starts with a seed. Now, God's process biblically is seed, time, harvest. Seed, time, a long time. (laughs) Now, here's what we want. Seed, harvest, God. Seed, harvest. Uh, Let's just skip seed time. Let's just go to harvest. (laughs) Seed, time, harvest. But here's what I want you to notice with this picture. Look how much God does underneath the surface before anything is ever seen. Now, here's what I want you to see. The moment a seed has to go up, it must go down. It's called humility and obscurity. (laughs) So God places a dream inside of you. He goes, all right, you have a dream. Now I need to make you first. Now I need to produce some roots in your life. So you're like, God, I'm so ready. I'm so ready. You have this dream. He goes, all right, it's a seed. All right, God, it's a seed. He throws you in the ground. He buries it. And then he walks away and he goes, grow. (laughs) Uh, I don't like this process, God. (laughs) It's a little cold down here. It's a little dark down here. It's a little uncertain. I'm not sure what's going on. And all of a sudden, maybe some growth takes place. And this is where you get, like, that's it. (laughs) And all of a sudden, something begins to happen on the inside. And you begin to say things like, man, I just feel like nobody else knows the potential that's inside of me. I don't feel like anybody else knows the dream. I I don't feel like anybody else sees it. And all of a sudden, you start producing some roots. See, God can't take you up unless you have the roots to sustain the height. (laughs) He's never going to get you where you want to be or even where he dreams you should be unless you have the roots to sustain it. Now, many of us, if we're honest, we're so frustrated with our lives and our season because we feel underappreciated and we feel underestimated, right? But I want you to understand this. God has you right where you are, not to punish you, but to build some roots in you. So, but by the time that you start producing fruit, all you can do is step back and say, it wasn't me, it was God. 
Because here's the problem. If Jesus skipped the time part, seed, harvest, here's here's what happens. You would take credit for every piece of fruit. It was my strategic planning. I saw it from the beginning. Here's the truth. God has you where you are in your life right now because he's trying to build some roots in your life. Let's look at this picture again. Now, I want you to understand something, and this is why we get frustrated. So we go through the seed part. We start building some roots. We start building some character. We start building some integrity, some humility. God's working on us, and we feel God's nearness, but we don't see the results on the surface. And we start to get frustrated. We start to get angry because we feel like, God, I'm, I'm building roots. I feel like you're doing something inside of me. I'm growing. I'm getting connected. My faith is increasing. And we go, that's all we got. And people on the outside are like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're growing a little bit. And you're like, you, you don't know what's going on inside of me. Now, here's the problem. The reason many of us stay frustrated is because here's what happens. We go from seed to seed to root to root, a little growth on the surface. We get so frustrated with where we're at because we feel like God's not going to come through, and we unplant ourselves. We rip our roots out. We go, I'm going somewhere else. I'm going to a different relationship. I'm going to a different church. And here's what happens. Every time you uproot yourself, you have to start the process over again. God goes, listen, the reason that I go through the process of seed and time is because in that time, I've got to build roots of character and humility and integrity. And so here's what happens. Instead of ever getting to the harvest, the reason that we stay frustrated is because we're stuck in seed and time, seed and time, seed and time. And we keep uprooting ourselves. Listen, maybe you've been here for two or three weeks and you're like, OSC is the greatest church on the face of the planet. And we genuinely believe that. But we will hurt you. People will offend you. People will frustrate you. And here's what I always have to remember, and I try to tell our people to remember this. Maybe the people within the church have hurt you, but God never has. And stop blaming people's faults on the goodness of God. So here's what I want you to understand. When you get offended... When somebody stabs you, when you walk through something that's difficult, don't uproot yourself because every time you do, you're almost here. I wonder how many breakthroughs we've missed because we quit too early. I wonder how many promises of God we have not seen because we gave up because it was difficult. But let's be honest for a moment. Have you ever shouted at God and said, God, where are you? Because this moment, this season doesn't feel like you. You tithe on the first and got your lights cut off on the second. Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> like, I'm being faithful here. You start, what do we start doing? We start going through the checklist like, God, I'm tithing. I'm reading my Bible. I'm connecting with people. I'm in a life group. I went through freedom. <laughs> Here's what I want you to understand, and this has truly shifted my perspective. God's not forsaken you, he's making you. God's not forsaken you, he's making you. The season of obscurity in your life is needed for roots. 
The season when you don't see the dream coming to fruition and you don't feel like people understand the potential that God's put inside you, you may be under, but it doesn't mean that it's over. See, the same God that started something in you is the same God that will finish it. Can I tell you why anxiety exists? Anxiety is not necessarily a stress problem. Anxiety is a trust problem. Anxiety comes from we just genuinely believe that God is not who he says he is. And that when we go into a a season of the unknown, we're not sure that he's going to meet us. But let me just remind you how God works. This is how he has always worked and I've always seen it play out in my life and other people. God doesn't do this. Zach, here's step one, two, and three. Step here, then here, then here. He goes, here's the dream. Now you make the step and I'll meet you. God, are you going to come with me? I don't know. You make the step. (laughs) You make the step. God meets you. See, the challenge is this. Can you still have faith when it's dark? Can you stay planted when you're under pressure? Can you still be faithful when we serve a God who refuses to show you his calendar? (laughs) He refuses to show you what the next season or the next step will make, will be. Some of us have been so hurt we don't even trust God anymore. But the truth is, God is a healer. And listen, God is always on time. Maybe not our time. How many of you know we have our time? Like, God, I need you to come through on this. I need this to happen. I shared this story in the first service. About five years ago, when we sold our house in Jennings, we were moving to Crowley. We were selling our house and uh, realized in order to purchase the house in Crowley that we needed, we needed almost, all, it's, I think, around, somewhere around $10,000. We didn't have it. So I realized, like, oh my goodness, all the fees to buy, how many buying a new home is just expensive, right? All the fees, all the things, like all the things that you're unaware of, the things that you forget about, the, the deposits turn on the water, the electricity, the deposit for the, the insurance, all this other stuff. And I remember sitting on my back porch and I'm like, I'm going to have to call my realtor and tell him, our house is already under contract here in Jennings, but I'm like, I'm going to have to call my realtor, tell him to cancel the contract in Jennings, cancel the one in Crowley, because I don't have the money to make the move. And I get on the phone, I say, listen, I, I need to cancel it. He goes, hey man, your house is under contract, it's only about two weeks out. If you cancel it now, they'll sue you. I was like, we can move forward. <laughs> <laughs> The whole time I'm on the phone, I keep getting this other unknown number calling me. I'm like, what is going on? I'm sitting on the back porch. My wife and my kids are inside. I'm just going like, God, what are we going to do? I sold my house. I don't have the money to purchase the one. Like, what are we going to do? And I have this voicemail from this business guy in our church. He had been calling me the whole time I'm on with the realtor. And he says, hey, I don't know why God just placed you and your wife on my heart. He said, come to my office. So I drive to Crowley and he said, I don't know why, but um, God just led us to do this. He said, here's a check for $5,000. Now, how many, in that moment, you go, oh my God, God is so faithful. God is so faithful, but God, I still need $5,000 more. (laughs) I'm so thankful, but I'm still in a bind, (laughs) right? And my wife can attest to this. Literally about two hours later, I get another phone call from a guy in our Lafayette campus who I haven't spoken to in years. 
He said, hey, God just put you on my heart. What, what do you need? I said, man, I, I really need to, I, I'm trying to come up with a certain amount of money to pay the insurance on the house. He goes, Here, here's a check for $1,500. In over a series of a few days, this just happened. Boom, 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 boom. When I thought it was over, God just had me under. Because here's what happens in the middle of pressure. You can do two things. You can doubt the faithfulness of God and say, I quit, it's done. And you uproot yourself and you lose the roots and you gotta go back through the whole process. Listen to me, I know so many times in churches we discount the past, right? Leave your past in the past. Past has nothing for you. The past is so that you can remember the faithfulness of God. This is why church history is so important to know that we are from this long lineage of people fighting and bleeding for us to get where we're at. Can you go back to the moments in your life where you say God was faithful then and he will be faithful now? He was faithful then and he will be faithful now. It says this in Philippians 1.6, and I am certain that God who began the good work within you will what? continue his work until it is finally, what, undone? Partially finished? No, finished. And on the day when Christ Jesus returns, it says, whatever work God started in you, that he will be faithful to finish it. The third point that I want to make is this. The place of death and the place of destiny look the same for a season. The place of death and the place of destiny look the same for some, a season because when God is trying to do something in your life, oftentimes you come to this unraveling, you come to the end of yourself and you feel like God's not gonna be faithful, but what he's trying to do is he's trying to increase your faith and he's shaking everything else up in your life. And it feels like one season is over. It feels like something is over. But if I take a seed and I throw it into the ground and I bury it, a live seed, a well seed, something is going to happen to that seed. It's going to grow. It may take longer than I wanted it to. It may be a process that I'm not sure that I want to wait through. Or I could take a dead piece of fruit, throw it in the ground and bury it and hope and pray. But it's not going to be the same process. Nothing is going to happen with that dead piece of fruit. What am I trying to say here? I'm saying this, if you are planted by the streams of living water, you are a live seed that God is burying. And it may be the same process as something dead, but there is something inside of you. It says the same power that resurrected Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. Stop trying to force the promises of God. How many of you have ever done this? Like, God, you know what? I know your timing. I know you got your whole thing. You got your whole timing thing. And I'm just trying to be patient and wait, but move. (laughs) I got it. How many like control? Tap the control freak next to you. (laughs) We like control, right? Like, I, I like control. I don't like anybody else driving. I don't. I like to drive. I terrify everyone that rides in the car with me. My wife thinks I'm the worst driver. I'm just, I'm a fun driver. I like to look at stuff, right? (laughs) But I like to drive. I like to be in control. But I want to remind you of a story that happens in the Old Testament 
of somebody that tried to force the promise of God. The story in the Old Testament, you guys may remember it. Remember when the angel comes down and prophesies to Abraham and Sarah that you will have a son. Now in that moment, the first appearance, they're like, great, awesome. We're gonna have a son and our descendants will be as many as the stars in the sky. This is awesome. At this time that it's first prophesied, they're excited. Sarah's young. Abraham's younger. We can have a baby. Years go by. More years go by. More years go by. Now Sarah is old. Abraham is old, or he's getting older. And and here's what Sarah does. You know what? Let's just force the promises of God. Abraham, go sleep with your servant Hagar and have a baby. So he does. And they have a child, an illegitimate child. There's a whole lineage of tragedy that happens on that side. And they have to go back to remembering, okay, we can't, God promised that we would bear a son. At this point, she's in her 90s. Like, it's, women don't have children in their 90s, right? So they're thinking like, man, we, we missed it. It's over. I don't, I don't understand. God, you spoke to us. You promised something to us. You gave us a dream. At 90 years old, she conceives a son. Why did God have to do it that way? Let me tell you why he did it that way. At least what I believe. If she would have had a baby at 40, 30 or 40 years old, it would have been called normal. But she had a baby at 90, it was called a miracle. So hear me on this. Because God is a miracle worker, God will keep you in the soil of obscurity and uncertainty. Because by the time that he produces fruit, other people around you, including yourself, will not point to you, but point to God. It was only God. It was only God. When you feel like it's over, could it be you're just under? So I want you to have a perspective shift this morning. You're not buried, you're planted. You're not buried. God doesn't drop a seed in the ground and leave it. Remember, his process is seed, what? Time. Well, how much time, God? However long time it takes. <laughs> However long it takes to produce the right roots. So I just want to encourage you as I close today. You may be in the soil of obscurity. You may be in the soil of uncertainty. You may not know what the next season looks like, but God has planted you. You're growing some roots. Something is happening on the inside that is more important than what is gonna happen on the outside. So just every head bowed and every eye closed in here. I wanna pray two things this morning. Number one, if you're in here and you say, Zach, I, I, I feel buried. My faith has wavered. I've been in the soil of obscurity and uncertainty. I don't know what the next season looks like, and it terrifies me. But God, today, I, I want you to shift my perspective. Would you help me to understand that I'm not buried, but I'm planted. God, that you're doing something on the inside. If that's you this morning, would you just raise your hand? Thank you, many of you. Father God, I thank you for these people that are bold and honest enough to be vulnerable with you. I pray that you would encourage their faith, that you would do something in their hearts that only you can do. 
If you're in here this morning, you say, Zach, I've never fully surrendered and given my life to the Lord, but I would love to make that decision today because I know that I can't move any further without God's presence in my life. If that's you, would you just simply slip up your hand? Thank you. Thank you. Church, can we pray this all together? Father God, I come to you today. I give you my heart and my life, my sin and my shame. And today I make a decision to make you Lord of my life, to turn from who I used to be, Father, I thank you for your grace and what your son did for me on that cross. Today, I'm a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give a hand to all those people that just made that decision.